Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System for Media Reuse at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE dash NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. The forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function and do not place the call on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call and I will reiterate these instructions. The agenda is as follows. Uh, from the National Center for Environmental Information, we have Doug Cluck. From the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, we have Kevin Lau. And from the Missouri River Water Management Division, we have John Remus and his staff who will provide uh, an update of inflows, reservoir storage, and release plans. And with that, I will hand the call over to Doug Cluck. Uh, good afternoon, and thanks uh, to the Corps and all you folks for getting on. Uh, hope I can get this briefing over with quickly. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, this is looking back about 90 days and uh, what, what we've seen in terms of temperatures compared to average on the left and uh, to the north. We've basically seen uh, below normal temperatures uh, since the beginning of April uh, and, and slightly warmer than normal uh, when you average it all out over those 90 days uh, to the south. And uh, on the right, you see the... <clears throat> percent of normal precipitation during that period too, where the uh, cooler colors, the greens to purples are above normal, and the yellows to orange to reds are below normal. And uh, the more red you get, the more, uh, uh, the lower the percentage of normal uh, precipitation. So places like uh, uh, the high plains of uh, of uh, Colorado, portions of Nebraska, most of Nebraska actually is below normal, um, and, and, and far up in uh, uh, portions of Montana, all showing below normal. But uh, there's also areas of green and, and purple and blue where North Dakota, um, over that 90 days, has been very wet, as has portions of, and we heard about the flooding, for example, uh, around Yellowstone. You can kind of see that in Northwest um, Wyoming, and that sort of tracks, there's a kind of a track of greenness, if you will, above normal all the way uh, uh, to the east uh, across the northern part of South Dakota, and of course, all of North Dakota, like we just mentioned. There's also a spot, if you will, of, of above normal uh, precipitation across eastern Kansas. Uh, the, the majority of the area, uh, not surprisingly, really, has shown less than normal precipitation as a whole. Okay, that's probably the best way I can say that. Uh, let's go to the 30 day, uh, last 30 days. That's the next slide. And just look at that. So that was 90 days. And this next slide is 30 days. 
Um, so, so on the left again, we see temperature uh, compared to normal and it's warmed up quite a bit. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, warm, not only warmed up because it's summer, but it's warmed up above normal, uh, well above normal, two to four degrees and, and, and more. Uh, across most of the basin, most of, especially the, the lower basin, right? But also all the way up into North Dakota. And yellow actually is sort of slightly warmer than normal, pretty close, pretty close to, uh, to normal. And green, in this case, is around normal or slightly below. So temperatures have, uh, have, uh, have sort of flipped uh, and got a lot warmer, uh, as we all notice. And we also notice on the precipitation the last 30 days, looking, looking at the uh, image on the right, <clears throat> that a couple things to notice here. Some of those areas that were uh, over the last 90 days, like again, Western Nebraska, again, portions of Nebraska, I'll just say it that way, Wyoming, uh, Colorado, um, have stayed dry or continued to be dry. Uh, places that were wet uh, in the 90 day period also um, show up here too. Again, that's that uh, the Yellowstone area sort of east. There's kind of a, a band, if you will, to, to North Dakota um, and, and portions of South Dakota where they've seen decent rains. Uh, but also notice every place else that's below normal, that'd be the yellow areas, uh, yellow to orange to red, uh, uh, show that uh, we're lacking in a lot of other areas as well in terms of normal precipitation during this period. The other thing I'll call attention to, and this doesn't have a lot to do, at least not yet, you know, we could argue about that actually, um, is the monsoonal moisture coming up out of, and you can't really see it all the way down into New Mexico and such, but um, that purpley uh, area uh, kind of west of the basin uh, has, has uh, really been very active. So a lot of, lot of activity, if you will, um, happening just to our west and south. Uh, not really making it over the mountains, which isn't surprising. It, it, it's hard to get good, if you will, or a lot of monsoonal, what we call monsoonal moisture out of the Southwest. It happens occasionally, but uh, it's not that as, it's not very, it's not a very important part of our normal precipitation in this, this neck of the woods in the Missouri basin. Next slide. Uh, just a screenshot of uh, how rivers are doing in terms of the uh, stream flow, uh, let's see, what was the date? I guess as of Wednesday um, this week. And you see where there's blue and it, blue is sort of above normal, um, uh, light blue also. Uh, and so there are some streams, especially the James and, and some places in uh, North Dakota that are, are well above normal for this time of year. The green sort of indicates around the normal flow mark orange uh, below, uh, brown and red really low, okay? So there are, it's, it's kind of a mess, if you will, it kind of goes both ways, but uh, um, most of the stream flows, uh, you know, if you just look at this this way, uh, you, you'd say around normal, um, but we have sort of both ends of the spectrum here too, uh, as well represented. Let's go to the next slide. <coughs> So we always look at soil moisture because it kind of portends what the memory of the uh, of the uh, uh, well of of the basin is. And so if it's all wet, like it was in 2019, um, we would say, oh, you know, we're not going to really have a problem with with water and base flow and all that other stuff getting into the rivers. Uh, but if it's orange, 
um, or not green, <clears throat> uh, we also see a, a little bit more of that uh, uh, in both of these representations here. So uh, across Nebraska, uh, even portions of, of, of Montana on the left chart, we're, we're showing deficits uh, of soil moisture there in northern Montana, but also across uh, sort of the central part of the basin. And then um, if you look at this groundwater, shallow groundwater indicator, which, um, you know, all these things have their issues and these are national views, so it's not perfect, but it kind of shows the same pattern. There's definitely some places that uh, need a lot more moisture uh, and, 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 and some that are blue and some that are, you know, if you're green on the other chart, uh, that are well, uh, you know, well watered, so to speak, but not a lot of that in the basin. Okay, even though we had we had some flooding rains here and there, uh, um, it, it's not widespread wetness. All right, so I'm, I'm just sort of indicating that we're not really uh, coming out of. You'll see in the drought maps we're coming out of drought to some degree, but not uh, not not completely or as not as much as we could be if, if soil got a little wetter. Let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> So this is the, now we're going to get into the outlook part. So this is the outlook for the next seven days. If you add up all the precipitation and pile it up on the earth's surface, uh, you have to look really close here to figure out what those colors mean. Um, green does not mean a lot of water. Okay. So how about um, once you get above, uh, it starts turning blue. When you see blue, that's a half an inch or more. Okay. And uh, in this case, really, uh, this is a pretty low precipitation estimate for the next seven days for the basin. Yep, there's a little bit in the lower basin here and there, but for the most part, this is a pretty dry outlook. Um, yep, in North Dakota, it looks like there's going to be a, a shot or two of, of, of precipitation up there, but the, the light greens really don't amount to much. Sometimes it's less than a half an inch, if it happens at all, right? So these are, uh, this is a seven-day outlook uh, for precipitation. Okay, let's move on. Uh, there's the eight to 14, so we're not talking about the first seven days, but we're talking about the next seven days. So days eight to 14, so we're talking about the middle of the month, to be honest. Um, the, all that heat that we saw sort of to our south, well, here, I'm in Kansas City, here and uh, uh, up through the plains and definitely down to the south is gonna shift a little bit more west. So we're shifting this, what we call the ridge, axis, if you will, further west, uh, really going to heat up the west uh, for the for the near term. And, uh, you know, most of that's not great, uh, but on the precipitation side of the house, on the on the right hand side uh, of the graphics or of the slide there, you do see that monsoonal moisture, we call it monsoonal moisture, still trying to uh, sneak up into the uh, into the Rockies. And uh, but again, most of that looks like it's going to be sort of uh, west of the basin. There is a slight indication of below normal in the eastern part of the uh, Missouri basin, but that's a very weak signal of below. Um, so I'm not saying don't believe it. All I'm saying is it's a slight leaning and just like that wetness is a slight leaning to the wet. Uh, um, across the uh, portions of the West. So those are not strong probabilities of wet or dry. Um, that is a fairly strong probability of heat though out West. Uh, that's more, much more likely. 
Um, it's a little bit of below normal temperatures to our east. All right, let's move on <clears throat> to the monthly outlook. Oh, sorry, this is the hazard outlook. I thought I'd throw it in there simply because I wanted to show you that the heat was moving west and we put out these hazard, uh, this is week two again, for excessive uh, heat. And you can see that circle, uh, not circle, <laughs> that area across uh, Montana and, and Wyoming and Idaho, which is going to be uh, much warmer than normal. Uh, we call it excessive heat and it's calling it, calling for that uh, the 14th to the 16th of this month. Uh, you see some other areas too that, that, that have that. And then sort of this huge area sort of um, um, that's leaning towards having a much warmer than normal temperature. So anyway, summer's not over, right? It is July, uh, but these are warmer than normal July temperatures. So take that for what it's worth. It'll melt some snow if there is any left. Next slide. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Texas. <laughs> um, July, so here's the outlook for July. This was updated a week ago or so, and it basically says, uh, gosh, uh, uh, image on the left, above normal temperatures are gonna be prevalent. Uh, Texas, uh, up through uh, the central, uh, central plains, lower basin, uh, really the whole probability extends all the way up to Canada, but the strongest and probably the warmest and the biggest anomalies were going to be to our uh, uh, to the central and southern plains. Uh, precipitation outlook, not again, not a strong forecast here, but uh, below normal for the southern and central plains, southern ba uh, lower basin, uh, uh, Missouri basin, and then equal chances elsewhere for the most part. Um, that's July. Next slide. July, August, September, eh, um, not quite more of the same, but kinda. <laughs> so uh, the seasonal outlook uh, for temperature for those three months uh, shows that bullseye over the uh, uh, the west, the Intermountain West. Uh, slight chances of above normal, you know, just a leaning, slight leaning towards above normal in terms of temperatures from Montana down through uh, the Dakotas. In, in, in Missouri, as you go west, though, uh, that, that probability gets a little stronger. So better chances of that uh, above normal temperatures, uh, which of course it means more evaporation, et cetera, right? Um, and then in terms of precipitation, they have this kind of big area below normal. Again, the probabilities aren't extremely high, uh, but I don't like to see the, if you will, circle or uh, polygon within a polygon. In other words, slightly elevated chances of below normal uh, uh, precipitation for basically the central, well, I'll just call it the, uh, the, the, the much of the Missouri Basin there. Um, we don't like to see that. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's below normal precipitation basically for the forecast for those three months. How that pans out and how it, you know, we could have a really dry uh, July and it could get wetter in August and September. And still, this would be right because we were so dry in, uh, in July. So you got to remember this is an average of three months, over three months. Um, hopefully it's wrong. Um, we'll just say it that way. Next slide. <clears throat> uh, there's the drought, out, uh, not outlook, update on the left. A lot less drought than we've been seeing in the Missouri Basin as a whole, okay, in terms of the drought monitor. Um, 
still it's there. We still have D3, which in D4 actually in, in, up in Montana in some places where it's very serious. Um, but things have gotten better. And the images on the right show the top image is what has changed over the last four weeks. Where you see green, that means the levels of drought have come down. Where you see yellow, the levels of drought have increased in the last four weeks. Similar to that, 12 weeks, the, the next image down, uh, the bottom right image, uh, shows quite a bit of change in terms of wet, uh, wetter conditions uh, across, as you can see, across Montana, uh, uh, the, the northern, western North Dakota, and uh, portions of Wyoming and such. But some encroaching or increasing drought, if you will, uh, lower basin and in that area in Colorado and, and far western Nebraska, like we were we were talking um, earlier too. So that's the drought update, and then there's a drought outlook. I think next, which is good until the end of September. We're not good, but we don't want to see it. But uh, basically says that uh, places that are in drought already aren't necessarily going to get much better. And that makes sense based on the forecast, right? Um, those yellow areas are places where uh, the forecasters believe drought may develop by the end of September. So we'll see what happens. It's hard to predict where drought develops and all that business. But if the forecast holds, it may very well come true. And the brown areas are unchanging and the white areas are no drought is expected there. Okay. Um, next slide. <clears throat> and this is just a summary. So uh, we're still in a La Nina uh, uh, situation. It's not having a huge impact at the moment on us. Uh, the fact that it's a La Nina, it will later in the fall, but we'll talk about that perhaps later in the fall. Um, uh, there have been improvements in drought in the upper basin and the whole basin, uh, but but there's also been some degradation that I didn't really get into a lot of detail about. Uh, recent precipitation has helped out; still got a long way to go because this drought this drought has been bad for a long time, and so it takes a while. It takes a while, not just one big rain. Um, outlook uh, short term is for heat and rain chances scattered. Uh, and not really good rain chances, I would say. Longer term, above normal temperatures in drier conditions through September. Again, if you want to listen to more of this stuff, July 21st, uh, you can always sign up at that uh, and go listen to our webinar um, that we hold every month on the third Thursday. Thank you very much. Thank you, Doug. And we will move next to Kevin Lau. Okay, no. Thank you, Eileen, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. Like Doug said, on behalf of the National Weather Service, I too wish to thank the Corps for the invite to participate on these calls. Um, as Douglas mentioned, uh, mountain snowpack has uh, now melted out. It's all but gone. Um, as previously mentioned, mountainous snow water equivalent, when it did peak back in late April to early May, was well below the 30-year uh, median. Uh, late season cold temperatures caused mountain snowpack to hold on a bit later than is seasonally typical. And so um, a, a warm weather system in mid-June brought rain 
And for a period of about 48 hours, unseasonably warm temperatures, as much as 10 degrees above average, above 7,500 uh, elevation to the uh, mountains in the upper Yellowstone and upper Missouri. And this uh, rain on snow event during uh, June 11th through the 13th resulted in catastrophic flooding centered on the Yellowstone National Park. Uh, widespread two to four inches of rain coupled with a melt out of about seven inches of higher elevation snow um, uh, was, was the cause of it. Stage and flow records were broken at at least seven uh, river gauging locations along the Yellowstone and her tributaries. Other river systems impacted by this mid-June event included the wind in Wyoming and the Gallatin in Montana. However, even with that historic flooding event in mid-June, our most recent water supply forecast continued to indicate that we will see a much below normal runoff season this year in the mountainous waste. Flooding continues in the lower reach of the James River as uh, earlier spring runoff slowly continues to make its way southward. We did have a few shots of rain on the uh, James in, uh, in June and here over the past couple of days. So that, you know, that doesn't help, uh, but really the flooding we're seeing in the James is, is from uh, snow melt and rainfall that occurred weeks ago. Um, flooding is ongoing from Columbia, South Dakota, downstream through Mitchell and flooding along the James River will continue to at least through mid-August, at least a couple of locations. Localized heavy rains over the past couple of days in north central Kansas is currently resulting in minor flooding in the Big Blue Basin. As we look forward over the next three months, July, August, and September, minor to moderate flooding continues to be likely along the tributaries, uh, basically in the state of Missouri. And that's kind of highlighted on this, uh, on this graphic. And in fact, uh, this graphic on the slide uh, shows the locations as well as the severity of the flood risk over the next 90 days. Again, we see highlighted the ongoing flooding along the James in South Dakota and the potential for on again, off again flooding to continue along the tributaries located in the state of Missouri. And that will be due to uh, summertime thunderstorm activity. There, there does remain a chance for the main stem Missouri below Kansas City to maybe hit minor uh, here or there. Uh, but really, we're talking uh, tributary flooding for the next three months. I'm, I'm not too concerned about the main stem. Of course, I, of course, I wasn't too concerned about the Yellowstone either. Um, but for the most of the Missouri River Basin, however, flood risk for the uh, summer of 2022 continues to be very much reduced due to the ongoing drought that Doug mentioned. Uh, the drought monitor released this morning and Doug showed uh, shows, I think, about 40% of the basin remains categorized as being in drought. So that continues to be the driver. Uh, thank you. And this concludes the National Weather Service flood potential brief for today. Thank you, Kevin. And we will move back to Omaha and I'll let uh, John give the update and then hand it over to his staff. 
John? Thank you, Eileen. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, thank you, and uh, thank you to uh, Kevin Lau and Doug Cluck for their insights. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks, and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps of Engineers remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. This includes ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup times. While drought conditions have improved over much of the basin, the risk of widespread flooding uh, remains relatively low. Widespread thunderstorms in the lower Missouri Basin can and do occur. Runoff from large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location in which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. Even with the recent flooding on the, on the Yellowstone River, the 2022 upper basin runoff forecast remains below average. Brian Larson and Mike Swinson will provide more details as to how this will likely impact operations of the system. But basically, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures through 2022 and probably longer. The conservation measures are reduced flow support to navigation and minimal winter, minimal winter releases. The Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We try to operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all of the water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. Last week, I sent a letter to water intake operators in the, on the Missouri River below Gavin's Point Dam, indicating the likelihood that we will be at minimum winter releases again this year. We will continue to monitor the river conditions and the weather forecast and make operational adjustments to the extent possible. We will also continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes as described in the Master Manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. I want to again remind everyone that there was no flow test from Fort Peck in 2022. The Corps of Engineers remains committed to compliance with the 2018 Biological Opinion, including the Fort Peck flow test. The runoff forecast and the projected pool levels that Ryan Larson and Mike Swinson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my initial remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Thanks, John. I'm on slide 18. The 2022 calendar year runoff forecast, which is highlighted in red, was slightly increased to 20.0 million acre feet 
or 78% of average for the upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa. If realized, this runoff amount would be near a lower quartile runoff or the 35th driest in the historical record. I'm now on slide 19. The slight increase in the annual runoff forecast is mostly due to the higher than forecasted June runoff, especially in the Fort Peck to Garrison and Gavin's Point to Sioux City reaches. In the Fort Peck to Garrison reach, a, a heavy rainstorm over the Yellowstone River coincided with melting of the mountain snowpack, which resulted in flooding along the Yellowstone River. This water was stored in the main stem system and did not require increases to Gavin's Point releases. Despite near average runoff in the upper basin during June, the remaining months in the calendar year are forecasted to be below average as drought conditions persist over portions of the basin and the climate outlooks do not show strong indications for above normal precipitation. Moving to slide 20. The left graphic depicts the soil moisture change since April 30th. The only significant change in soil moisture conditions during this period occurred in Kansas where above, norm above normal precipitation was observed. Drier than normal soil moisture conditions remain over western portions of the basin and Nebraska, as shown in the graphic on the right. And now on slide 21. Now, the mountain snowpack peaked above Fort Peck on April 29th at 85% of the normal peak, and peaked between Fort Peck and Garrison on May 3rd at 92% of the normal peak. As of July 3rd, all the mountain snowpack in both reaches has melted. In summary, the 2022 calendar year runoff forecast is 20.0 million acre feet, 78% of average. I will now turn it over to Mike. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin's Point releases average 19,700 CFS in June. Releases are currently 22,000 CFS and will likely be held uh, at that rate for the next several days. Releases will be adjusted as needed to meet the downstream target. Slide 23 shows the system storage is currently at 51.5 million acre feet, 4.6 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. System storage has increased about 2.5 million acre feet since the end of May. Uh, with respect to the monthly simulations or studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our website web page. Uh, moving on to slide 24. Uh, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 11.7, 0.7, and 9.2 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is likely near its peak at the current elevation of about 2222. Releases are expected to average about 8,000 CFS this summer. The basic forecast shows Garrison Reservoir ending July near elevation 1837, slightly higher than its current elevation. Peak releases are expected to average about 21,000 CFS this summer. 
Uh, at this point, I should note that the updated short-term forecast that was posted yesterday shows the reservoir peaking slightly above 1838, so actually about a foot and a half higher than its current elevation. The basic forecast shows the Oahe Reservoir near its peak elevation at 1598. Peak releases are expected to average about 28,000 CFS this summer. Higher than forecasted inflows into Garrison during June and actually the early part of July resulted in that reservoir being higher relative to Fort Peck and Oahe, as you can see on this slide. Some release adjustments at Fort Peck and Garrison were made during June, but it will take several months to better distribute the storage in the upper three reservoirs. Now moving on to slide 25, which details the master manual system storage check. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. The July 1st system storage check resulted in a small increase to the navigation flow support level. Releases are currently being set to provide flow support at a level 500 CFS above minimum service. For this service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 25,000 to 28,500 CFS. Releases will, be, will depend on downstream conditions and will be reduced in response to downstream flooding. However, the effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak releases, peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to the travel time. The navigation season length is also based on the July 1st system storage. The navigation flow support season will be shortened to three days from the normal eight-month season. And next slide. Annual energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 7.2 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And the next slide is my last one shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you. That concludes my remarks. I'll turn it back to Eileen. Thank you, Mike. Our next update will be August 4th, and this is the information for our speakers. We will move to the question and answer session. We've got 76 callers on the line at the moment. Um, with that, I, I will uh, let you just, I'm not going to go in separate orders other than uh, alphabetical order by state. Uh, as a reminder, your participation uh, is your consent to be recorded. To come off mute, press star six. Um, you may also need to unmute on your computer if you used the uh, meeting invitation to call in. Um, it is actually possible to be muted both on your phone and on the computer. Um, and with that, if you have questions, please also state your name and the organization that you represent. And we'll start with the state of Iowa.
Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota. I mean, this is Jody at the DRG Media Group in Pierre. Yep, go ahead. Just wondering if um, one of the crew could just talk a little bit more about all of that water that uh, was flooding up at Yellowstone, the park and the towns in the area around there. Um, do we know where it's at yet as far, because it's coming to the Missouri River, we know that. Do we know kind of where it's at yet and how you anticipate seeing that kind of flow down um, till at least Gavin's point over the next however long it takes? Oh yeah, this is John Remus. Uh, the bulk of the flooding or water from the flooding on the Yellowstone River has already reached the Garrison Reservoir. Uh, that was that accounts for the uh, the increase in the uh, the pool level there that you've, we've seen over the last month. Uh, the Yellowstone River still has a lot of water coming out of it. Uh, is that uh, the backside of that hydrograph is uh, tailing off a little slower than we initially expected? So the uh, the water, the water has been captured or will be captured in the Garrison Reservoir and then managed from there. Uh, as Mike uh, Swenson mentioned, we would like to balance the storage in those upper three reservoirs before the next runoff season. So that's going to take several weeks to several months to do as we move that water out of Garrison downstream into Hawaii. Right now, the amount of water from that flooding uh, will not impact how much water we release from Gavin's Point Dam. Those releases will be set based on the storage check on July 1st and the downstream conditions uh, in order to meet those flow targets. Over. Thank you. Thanks, John. Any other questions, Jody? No, I just think there's going to be a few people that are going to enjoy seeing the water level come up and uh, make some boat ramps accessible again. Uh, any other questions, State of South Dakota? Eileen, Zach Nelson, KCCR Radio Pier, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. I've got two questions, I guess. Uh, one is related to one of the earlier uh, graphics. I believe it may have been slide 22 regarding it showed the uh, low in. Yep, there it was uh, there. Yep. There you go. That one. Uh, it shows the historic minimum in 2007. Uh, how, what sort of conditions would get the river down that far? I mean, how many, how many more years would, would we have to have conditions similar to what we've seen to get down to that maximum? It seems like we're kind of right in the middle right now. The second question is, uh, the peer at the peer city commission meeting this week, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, they made mention of the possibility that the city may have to, uh, enact some temporary blackout conditions due to the possibility that power uh, could be in 
short supply this year and how does the low water level play into any of that as far as the hydro generation goes? Thank you. Yeah, this is John Ramos. I'll take the first question. The, uh, the historic low was in 2007 and that was actually the seventh year of the drought, of that particular drought. So uh, uh, to answer your question, we would, this would be uh, the third year of this drought. So uh, we would have to have a, you know, at least three more years probably of conditions similar to what we've seen to approach that, uh, give or take a few months. So we're, we're quite a ways away from there. Um, as far as the, the hydropower generation, I don't know, Mike, have you spoken with WAPA uh, about any of that? Um, no, I guess I would just start by saying you did see on the one slide that annual generation is down quite a bit to 7.2 compared to the 9.4. So um, as a result of our water conservation measures, you know, hydropower is down. Um, we do have a good working relationship with Western Area Power, and we have had a few times this summer where they've uh, requested to see if we could provide some extra generation for some short periods, and we can do some of that, um, you know, for short periods, but over uh, the long haul, we, you know, have to uh, continue to serve the purposes uh, using the guidelines in the master manual. So short term, we can do some stuff, but long term, they have to, uh, you know, deal with the, the rest of the low generation. All right, thank you. Thank you. Uh, any more from South Dakota? Okay, and Wyoming? And anyone who missed an opportunity to ask a question before I hand it back to John? Again, star six to unmute or use your computer. Again, you don't have to be media to ask a question. None heard. I'll hand it back to you for closing remarks. John. Thank you, Eileen. Again, I'd like to thank uh, Doug and Kevin for their uh, support on this call and all the calls. Uh, I'd also like to thank everybody for uh, dialing in. Uh, usually, we end these calls after uh, July 1st. We're going to continue these calls through the uh, through the the end of the year, uh, just due to the uh, the drought conditions and the low pool conditions and things. Uh, while they may not change a whole lot, uh, we just want to give everybody a chance to get informed. So we will have another call in August, and then we'll have another one in September after we do the September first storage check, which sets the uh, the winter release rate. So with that, thank you everybody, and uh, have a good day. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next month. This concludes today's call.